than him. Amen. How I many is happy to be here again this evening? It's a wonderful time in the Lord this morning in my own. It's a wonderful time in the in the in the Lord this morning. And you know, we heard how the Lord will come by and drop us handfuls. And I told the brothers in the back, I felt like this morning he dropped a dump truck load for us. I felt like, just like Brother Timothy preached on Wednesday night, he's going to give you more than you even have need of. He's going to go above and beyond. And I believe that same God is here tonight. If you have a need or you have, have something that's special on your heart tonight, I believe he can come by your way once again. Amen. Let's go to him in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, truly how blessed we were this morning, Lord, as you spoke to our hearts, Lord, as the presence of God moved down in this building, Lord God, to heal and deliver and set free. Lord, we've come to expect that, Lord, because that's the kind of God that you are. Lord God, when you go into battle, Lord God, you go in mighty and you do extraordinary mighty things, Lord. And I'm thankful, Lord God, that today as we go marching into battle, Lord, we have the greatest general that there's ever been, Lord. We have the greatest God, the one that's undefeated. Lord, you're track record is perfect and we have confidence once again tonight Lord God that you will win the victory Lord I don't always know how I'm going to win but I know I will win Lord God because you will not lose and I'm thankful tonight Lord that once again we can count on your presence here with us you promised to be here with us you promised to be amongst us Lord and we know that you are faithful and you are true and your word will not fall onto the ground Father so we look to you tonight Lord to take complete control I don't have anything Lord that I could say that would bless these people but Lord God if you will come just for a moment if you'll speak just for a moment lord god we can be lifted up into heavenly places lord god and we can see truly who we are where we are lord and what our position is in you lord jesus father i just pray now that you'll take complete control of all that i would say and do lord lord god that everything will bring you glory lord in jesus name we pray amen amen if you have your bible with you we're going to get straight into the word I ask you to turn to second kings six 2 Kings 6 and verse 15. Amen. It was wonderful to be in the house of the Lord this morning. It's wonderful to, to hear the word, and it was wonderful to see him come down behind the word and put an amen behind it. Amen. 2 Kings 6, 15. We're also going to turn to Exodus 14 after this. 6.15 says, and when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host come past the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? In other words, they were surrounded. He looks out and everywhere he looks, all he sees is the enemy and he panics and he says, what are we going to do? The situation looked bleak. The circumstances looked bleak. The symptoms looked bleak. And he answered and he said, fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, a mount, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. As we turn to Exodus 14, that's my prayer tonight is, Lord, open our eyes that we may see. Open our eyes that we can see the reality of your word all around us and blind us to the circumstances of the world. Exodus 14 and 3. I'm just going to read this one verse. It says, For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, 
They are entangled in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. They are entangled in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. I pray the Lord bless the reading of his word. You may have your seats. I don't believe it's any secret or any great revelation if I tell you that we're living in perilous times. That we're living in an evil world. That we're, we're living in the most evil time, evil generation that's ever been upon the face of the earth. 2 Timothy 3 would declare to us and describe exactly how the mind of man would be and, and how they would be selfish and lovers of themselves and lovers of pleasure. And I believe we can look around and see that we're definitely living in that time. We live in a time where even in conversations with, with men and women who you might would consider decent people, but you listen long enough and in their conversations, you begin to realize that the mind of man is on evil continually. If you listen long enough, you'll begin to pick up things and hear things and realize they don't think about the things that I think about. They don't feed on the things that I feed on because their mind is on evil continually. And, and it seems like in this day anymore, there's no respect for God or, or even the things of God amongst the country or the world that we live in. There was a time where America was known as a Christian nation. And I believe that if you still would even refer to America as a Christian nation, that's almost a joke, almost a mockery. There, America is no longer a Christian nation. There was a time growing up as a kid, you, I would hear this term, and people refer to the moral majority. Okay, they would refer to, to the moral majority. And, and, and I believe that in the day that, that we live in, that the concept or the thought of a moral majority is only, is only a fallacy. True Bible morals today are mocked even amongst people that claim to be Christians. Right, you can talk to them for a little bit and you say, well, they still hold the, the Bible dear. And, and actually, that's not true at all, at all. They hold their idea of what the Bible says dear. If you try to talk to them about true Bible morals, even Christians in this world today will begin to mock the things that you hold dear. Try to talk to them for a minute about the way we believe in courtship and dating and that we don't just date people for fun. And that we believe dating is, is, is the way that you find the true soulmate that God intended for you to be with. And, and explain to them why you don't let your kids go to the homecoming dances or, or, or the prom dances and things of like that. And they think you're crazy. They think you're old fashioned. You're outdated because those morals are no longer held sacred because we're surrounded by an evil world. Even people that may not be evil in and of themselves, the smoke that has come out of the bottomless pit, it invades everything and it invades their thinking and they're not able to see things clearly anymore. But blessed are your eyes and blessed are your ears. You're able to see and you're able to hear and you're still able to distinguish right from wrong and good from evil but that's something that's dying away in this day as they are all inundated with the evil of satan's even eden try to talk to them for just a little bit about the way men and women ought to dress try to talk to them just a little bit about about true bible holiness and instantly you'll you'll realize that those things in today's world even amongst christians are mocked because the whole world has been turned over to a reprobate mind Listen, the entire world has gone crazy. The entire world has lost their mind to the point that what is good is called evil and what is evil is called good. And I'm telling you tonight, you only have but one hope. Your only hope is the Lord Jesus Christ. Your only hope is the rapture of the saints. There is nothing here to put hope in. There's nothing here of this world that's worth fighting for anymore. But I'm telling you, there are still things worth fighting for, and it's the eternal things of God. I'm still going to fight for my children. 
children. I'm still going to fight for my marriage. I'm still going to fight for lost loved ones. There are things worth fighting for. I'm still going to fight for my eternal home and my right to a rapture. Those are the only things that are left fighting for in this world. And the more you look around, the more you look to the left, the more you look to the right, there are plenty of things in this world that are discouraging. There's plenty to discourage you. And I know many times I've even said it that, you know, we live in the Bible belt. And so because of that, sometimes we were shielded from things that others may have seen in the big cities, Los Angeles or New York or in different parts of the world. But with, with television and with Internet and the constant connection of social media, what it's done is completely eliminated that buffer that we've ever had. The things that are in style in New York today are in style in Halton and Minden today because they all feed on the exact same time. They're all consuming the exact same things. So that buffer has been been gone away. And most of us, at least me, I was raised a little bit in the country. Most of us are small town people. And so we sometimes still have this small town mentality or we we think that the evil is somewhere way out there. That the evil is somewhere far away. And I'm telling you, we live 20 minutes from one of the most crime-ridden, crime capitals of the world right down the road in Shreveport. And the crime is all around us. Ask Brother Joe. You got people breaking into homes in his neighborhood, robbing him. You can't get away from the evil of the world because the smoke has inundated everything. It's in every crack and it's in every crevice. And if you're not careful, you begin to look on those things and look on those things. And that's all your eyes see because no matter which direction you look, there it is. Brother Branham said, 1963, the world is falling apart. If time goes on, every man and woman in Shreveport will have to carry a gun in their pocket just to be safe. I believe we're standing in a place that we can say that's been fulfilled. I believe we're standing in a place where that is reality. I don't want to scare anybody. I'm not trying to point to the evil. But let me give you a few statistics. 2017, Shreveport, Louisiana crime statistics. 50 murders. 157 rapes, 492 armed robberies, 1,174 assaults, 2,318 burglaries, 7,646 thefts. That's right down the road. There's nothing here worth fighting for. There's no reason to stay here. Our hope, our affection, our love, everything has to be turned heavenly. Our eyes have to be taken off the circumstances and surroundings of this world and begin to look into the unseen. 11 million United States adults identify as homosexual. Here's your moral majority. 62% of all Americans agree with same-sex marriage. 62% of all Americans support it and believe it is the right of the individual to marry whom they please. We are surrounded by the most evil age that has ever been on the face of the earth. The world has truly fallen apart. I want to speak to you tonight on the surrounded saints. On the surrounded saints. And the way Satan has designed the world... 
in his 6,000 years and his time to lay out his Eden, he's made it to where it's impossible for you not to see evil. He's made it impossible, to you to, uh, impossible for you to have that moment and go somewhere nice and just be able to relax and not see the filth of the world, not see filthy dressed women or people using curse words or smoking, drinking, or homosexuality and everything that he's poured into this Eden. He's made it impossible for you as a Christian to go anywhere or do anything without being inundated with all that stuff. He's made it to where you see evil continuously, constantly, everywhere you go, and that's by design. He's done it because he wants you to not let your faith, he wants to keep you from letting your faith raise up into the heavenly realms that you were meant to operate from. And so if he can keep the evil in front of you and keep you focusing on how bad things are, that's his way of hindering you. That's his way of bringing in doubt and fear and anxiety and unbelief and keeping you from looking to the unseen. But what I want you to do tonight, what I want to encourage you to do tonight is to look beyond the circumstances of earth and look to the truth and the reality of God's word. And I want you to begin to look around and say, I believe there is more for us than there are against us. I believe that there are more promises in God's word to help me overcome all this thing than there are evil that can keep me here. It doesn't matter how much evil's here. This isn't my home. This isn't where I'm staying. And I'm beginning to look beyond those things into the unseen world. All these things, all these statistics, all these evils, all these are are the waves that distracted Peter and got his eyes off of Jesus. That's all they are. They're the waves. They're the storms. But notice those same waves are the very same thing that brought Jesus to Peter and gave him salvation. Those are the very things that are pushing us. Satan thinks he's holding us down. He thinks he's keeping us bound. But those same things are pushing me further and further away from this world and closer and closer to Jesus. I don't want any of that. It disgusts me. And it's not holding me back, but it's pushing me closer. It's pushing me further. It's pushing me one step closer to the rapture. All these circumstances, what they are, are the Syrians that Gehazi saw. Lord, open our eyes tonight to where we see more than the Syrians. Open our eyes tonight to look into the unseen realm where Jesus is. What we're seeing is the physical manifestation of the evil that's trying to press into this age. To try to press in upon this bride. And it's everywhere that you look because the tree of knowledge of good and evil has reached its height. It has come to full maturity, and because of that, it's producing fruit. And it's saturating our world with filth. But church, tonight, if the tree of knowledge of good and evil has reached its height, if it's producing fruit and it's producing manifestations in the world that we see, and if that tree has reached its height and if evil is all around us and there's people so sold out to it that they're physically manifesting the traits of their father, what about the spiritual realm of Almighty God, which has also reached its height and it's also reached its full power? Shouldn't there be a people on earth that are so sold out to that and so in love with Jesus and so focused on that tree and that power and that anointing that they begin to physically manifest the traits of their heavenly father there's got to be a there's always a standard that matches the flood that comes in satan wants to point us to what he has done and how evil his eden is and i believe that's a a great state a great mistake of the believers today that we consume so much news we consume so much social media we consume so much stuff 
off of the tree of knowledge and it does not produce faith. Those things don't produce, there's nothing sinful in reading the newspaper. There's nothing sinful in reading Fox News or whatever it is you want to read. That's fine. But when that's what you consume, when that's what you reach for first thing in the morning, when that's what you reach for last thing before you go to bed, when that's what you're shoving down your throat, shoving down your throat, what you're producing is fear. What you're producing is anxiety. What you're producing is doubt. Because I can't remember the last time I got on a news website and read about the goodness of God and read about all the good things going on in the world around us that's not what you see you see rape and killing and murders and starvation and wars and rumors of wars and those things don't feed your soul those things weigh you down it doesn't produce faith so we must turn our attention to not what satan has accomplished in his eating but what is god accomplishing right in the midst of satan's eden If that tree has reached maturity, there has to be another tree. I will restore, saith the Lord. There is a bride tree that has been restored. Brother Branham would say that bride tree was an exact match to the tree of life. So just like he would say, in other words, she's bone of his bone. She's flesh of his flesh. She's power of his power. She is him. So instead of looking at the power that Satan has, look at the power that is available and laid out to you through the promises of God. You have the full revelation of Jesus Christ. Everything at his disposal, everything in the kingdom of heaven is laid at your feet to operate with. He didn't send you into war without equipping you properly for everything that you would face. Yes, there's more evil than ever before. But there's a greater power in the bride than there's ever been before. There's a greater anointing than there's ever been before. The pillar of fire back in the church once again, manifesting itself once again, proving time after time after time after time that it is more powerful than any enemy, any devil of hell. It will set you free. It will deliver you. It will overcome. It will conquer in your life, in your life, in your life. But you can't be focused on the Syrians. Be focused. Look above that. Focused on the things of God. If we can get our eyes off of the Syrians that surround us and look away to Jesus tonight. Brother Branham said, you're always pointing how wicked the world's getting, but you fail to see how powerful the church is getting at the same time. Said, she's rising up, standing on the field. Oh, she's a little flock, but brother, God's with her. Hallelujah. That's what we want to look at tonight. There's evil all around me, but God is with me. And she's going to triumph just as certain as Christ rose from the dead. Did Christ rise from the dead? Yes, he did. Then you're going to triumph just as certain as Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Amen. God's church shall never fail. Where is that lying devil that said you weren't going to make it? Where is that lying devil that said you were going to fail? Because I just read a prophet of God says God's church shall never fail. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The gates of hell may be all around me. The gates of hell on every side. But at the same time, all around me is the pillar of fire. Angels of fire. Chariots of fire. I am surrounded tonight. And it's not by Syrians. It's by the presence of almighty God hallelujah he said it showed that the gates would be against you but they cannot prevail the church is going to triumph through the blood of Jesus Christ to the victory march I'm positive of this one thing that God will have a church without spot wrinkle or blemish amen I'm happy about that 
Hallelujah, I'm happy about that. Sometimes I look around, I'm not pointing fingers at you, I look in the mirror too. And I say, how are you going to do that? How? I got spots and wrinkles in my life. And if we're all honest, we all do, but through the shed blood of Jesus. Oh, I'm so glad that the blood remains. I'm so glad that the blood will never lose its power. You may think you don't need the blood, but Jesus, I need the blood tonight. I'm so thankful that through the power of the blood, there will be a bride without spot or wrinkle. It's the only way there can be a bride without spot or wrinkle. Somebody drank some of my water. That's their way of trying to keep me from preaching long. Joke's on y'all. It's a big bottle. <laughs> That's the attitude that we take sometimes. The world is so bad. The world is so evil. Master, the Syrians are all around us. And so they are. Satan has his Eden. It's evil. And it's all around us. This is the, these are facts. And your, your, your natural eyes declare that you're surrounded. Your natural symptoms declare that you're surrounded. Your senses declare that you're surrounded. And most people can only see Syrians. Most people can only see the waves. Gehazi can only see the Syrians. The prophet of God would say the Syrian army all around Dothan had it all backed up. He said, my father, look out there. What a great number. Why we're surrounded. The prophet would say, now that's the natural. When everything seems to go wrong. You ever been there? Yeah. Yes, sir. When everything seems to go wrong, pointing a finger at you, saying this and that. The doctor says you can't get well and so forth. That's just the natural thing for you to think, oh my, this is the end. I don't know about y'all. I'll pick on myself for a while. How many of you get a little sick, and so you start Googling it? <laughs> well, I, I know Google's not always right, because if it was, y'all would have done buried me, right? Because they have diagnosed me for dead many times. Because, you know, it'll have a hundred things listed, common cold, this, this, this. But you'll find the very worst one that it might possibly could be. Why do I have to have that? <laughs> Why me, Lord? It's a natural reaction. Brother Branham says, you automatically think, oh my, this is the end. See, and, th and this is where too many times, this is where we operate from. Instead of, I'll tell you what Brother Tim said to me one time. Recently, I was getting prayer because they were running some tests on me for something. Uh, they said they were testing me for some type of markers that had to do with MS. And so I came up for prayer for it. And before I even got finished, Brother Tim goes, well, look, before we even pray, I just want you to know you don't have that. I said, well, that settles it. Let's go sit back down. <laughs> that's, that's, that's more the attitude. That, that's not what I have. I'm not accepting that. I'm not going to start fearing that. Because when you start operating in that realm, you begin to totally lose sight of the unseen world of Jesus Christ and the angels that surround you. You begin to lose sight of the fact that he encamps about those that fear him and deliver them. And you begin to focus on the Syrians, in which case sometimes they're not even there. You're making the Syrians be there. It's like the boogeyman in the night. I think there's something in the corner and you sit there and you stay paralyzed with fear and you can't operate in faith when you're paralyzed in fear. 
and you make up an entire army of Syrians that aren't even there. Listen, the world's evil enough. The devil's evil enough without us adding to his strength, without us creating boogeymen that don't even exist. Brother Branham would say, but Elijah said there's more with us than there is with them. He looked over at him. He said, why? I don't see anybody. He said, God opened this boy's eyes. And as soon as God did something, here it is. Get it. When God opened his spiritual sight all around them, stood chariots of fire, angels of fire. Why? He seen why the chariots of fire outnumbered the Syrian army by the thousands. The mountains was on fire, angels of fire, horses of fire, chariots of fire. Notice, it wasn't like, oh, we got an army just as big as theirs. He said it outnumbered them by the thousands. By the thousands, there's more with you than there are against you. Now, notice, this revelation to Gehazi didn't take the Syrians away. The Syrians were still there. When you realize who you are and the power you have and the place that you can operate from, that doesn't make Satan's Eden go away. But now you have a choice. What are you going to look to? Whose report are you going to believe? Because now your eyes are open and you see all around me are are, are angels of fire and the pillar of fire and the presence of God. Are you going to choose to focus there? Are you going to continue to look down here at the symptoms and the things that hinder your faith on a daily basis? The Syrian army was still there. Fact. Let's talk about facts for a little bit. Fact. There was evil all around them that wanted to destroy them. Fact. They were surrounded. See, these were the facts. But there's a major part of the puzzle that that the Ahaza wasn't seeing. All right? And you can have facts all you want. Okay, and still not have the truth. You can have facts, things that are true, but if you leave out other parts that are true, everything you know may be true and you still don't have the truth. Okay, because the truth is the whole picture. The truth is the whole story. Fact, I was born in sin. Fact, I came into this world speaking lies. Fact, I lived a sinful life, deserved hell. Facts, you could close the book and go, well, send him. But that's not the truth. See, the truth is he loved me so much that he bled and died for me. The truth is I'm a predestinated son of God. The truth is that no matter how much I sin, he shed his blood and cleansed me. And I'm now, he is going away to prepare a place for me. And I'm going in a rapture. Those are the truth. So you can keep your facts. Sometimes people want to cherry pick facts for their own little pet doctrine. Or cherry pick facts for their own agenda. The truth doesn't cherry pick facts. So don't get caught up on the facts. Make sure you know the truth. The truth tells the whole story. And the truth is there's more with us today than there are against us. That's the truth. Fact is it's an evil world. Fact is it's a terrible place. But the truth is there's more with us than against us. Fact is I'm sick. But the truth is by his stripes you are healed. Fact is there's a spirit on me. But truth is he can't hold you. Hallelujah. That's the truth today. I'm not getting hung up on the devil's facts. Lord, I want the truth. Hallelujah. You'll just open our eyes tonight and not let us get blinded by the facts of circumstance and begin to open our eyes to the reality 
and the truth of God's word. Brother Branham said, see, there's a world right here now. I don't want to just talk about tonight. I want us to begin to become cognizant, begin to realize exactly what we're saying. There's a world right here now. In this building are legions of angels. Jesus said in the Psalms by the King David that the angels of God are encamped about those who fear him. So look at the believers here. Those who fear God. So the angels are everywhere. The angels are everywhere. Now if you can just worship God and open our eyes, you'll find out that God is all around us. You say, but, but, but I don't see them. But his word and the truth declares that they are here. Brother Branham said in one place that Elisha didn't see them around him either. But that his faith declared it. He said he didn't see it either, but his faith declared they were there. See, he recognized that because he had had an experience and he had faith. Brother Branham said that Gehazi had never had an experience. And so he said, brother, he said, Elijah actually prayed for him to have an experience. And then he said, once he had that experience, then there was no more doubt about it. So what about us who claim to have had an experience with God? What about us who have had that experience, who have stepped into that pillar of fire for? We don't have the excuse of saying, well, we didn't know. You do know if you have the Holy Spirit, you've contacted that pillar of fire before. You've stood in its presence before. You know it's here. There's no reason for you to take your eyes off of the true surroundings of God and bring them back down to where the Syrians are. Your faith should declare to you that in this place tonight are legions of angels. In the message Faith, 1957, that's where he said Gehazi had, had never had an experience. What is it that our eyes see when the circumstances of the age surrounds us? Do we see the Syrians? Do we see the symptoms? Do we see the doctor's report? Or do we look away from that and look to Jesus? Satan loves to use fear and circumstance to get your eyes off of the reality of God's word. Look, I'm not telling you tonight that you're not in a bad situation. I'm not telling you that the doctor hasn't given you a negative report. I'm not saying that those things don't exist. But what I'm saying is, how are you choosing to look at the situation that you're currently facing tonight? Are you, are you looking at them through the eyes of fear and doubt? Are you seeing them through a glass darkly, through looking at it the way Satan wants you to look at the situation? Or are you seeing it through eyes of faith? Look, when it seems like hell is all around you, that's because it is. When it seems like all the guns of hell are trained on you, that's, that's because they are. The prophet told us they were. When, he's, when all the hells of gun are trained, that, that's not you having a pity party. That's reality. They are aimed at you. Those are facts. All right? But that's not the time that we quit. That's not the time that we give in. That's not the time that we look to compromise with the enemy. That's the time when Brother Branham would talk about the inner strength that Samson had. The things that Satan don't see on the outside. 
That's the time that you begin to dig down deep onto the inside and you begin to look to that inner strength that the Holy Spirit has placed in there. And that's where you begin to look and you begin to grab hold of things and promises of God that gives you the strength to stand firm and to look beyond the circumstance, look beyond the the guns of hell, look beyond Satan's Eden and realize I'm not fighting this battle alone. Satan wants you to look at the odds that your eyes declare. See, because your eyes are going to declare that the odds are stacked against you. He hopes that, that what you'll do when you see that the odds are against you is that you'll begin to back off of a promise and that you'll be willing to negotiate. Listen, we don't live in an age of negotiation. This is not the age of a partial truth. This is not the age of give a little here and we'll have a little bit of this and a little bit of peace and a little bit of victory. But this is the age of the fullness of the Son of Man. This is the age of the fullness of the Word. This is the age that we're taking back the fullness of the land. This is the age that you are going to be everything the Word said you could be. This is the age that you can have everything the Word said you could have. This isn't the age of negotiation. It's not the age of giving in because there is no peace with the devil. Brother Mike, did you get that picture? Did y'all put that picture up? This is a picture of Israel. The green, with the red. Can y'all see the red dot? That's Israel. The green are Muslim countries that want to destroy Israel. Every one of those countries hate Israel. Every one of those countries despise Israel. Every one of those countries tell Israel that that land does not belong to them. Every one of those countries tells Israel you can't have it. And they're constantly at their throat. And they're constantly spewing hatred. And they're constantly battling and battling and battling and battling. And Israel can't afford to negotiate. If Israel gave up one grain of sand, one square mile to every one of the devils that wants to take some of their land, they would have none of it left. And if you give up one inch to every one of the two million, two hundred million, million demons that have been released in this age to destroy you, in no time you'll have no land left. In no time you'll have no joy left. In no time you'll have no peace left. You'll have no victory left. You cannot give up anything. But just as the bride in this day, there may be nations all around them trying to destroy them, but they cannot be destroyed because there's a word against all the green countries. There's a word that preserves Israel. And just as with you, there is a word that preserves you. I will have a bride without spot or wrinkle. So let the devils yell. Let the devils howl. Let them say whatever they're going to say. I'm not backing up. I'm not giving in an inch because there's a word against you, Satan. I will have all that the word declares I can have Israel is our counterpart and they're surrounded on every side by people that want to destroy them but they can't be destroyed you see they're the apple of God's eye and so are you tonight evening like tabernacle the apple of God's eye he watches over you he keeps you he surrounds you you cannot be destroyed but just this week I read where Israel's Minister of Defense resigned due to the fact that Netanyahu, is that his name? No, what's, what's the president's name? Netanyahu agreed to a ceasefire with Hamas in the Gaza Strip. Hamas had launched something like 500 rockets in a short period of time 
And Netanyahu agreed to a ceasefire. And it so angered the minister of defense of Israel that he, he immediately turned in his resignation. You see, because even a ceasefire with the devil is a victory for the devil. Right, if, you're, if he's not angry at you, if he's not fighting you, something's not right. It says in Gaza there were wild celebrations about what the Palestinians viewed as a rare victory over Israel. Because they just had a ceasefire to negotiate. You can't negotiate with the devil. Listen to what the prime minister said. He said, what we're doing now as a state is buying short-term quiet at the price of serious damage to national long-term security. In other words, we'll give them a little bit just for a few moments of peace. Just for a few moments of peace. But at what expense? What do you as believers give up for a short moment of peace with the enemy? What do we lay down sometimes? Devil's been on us all day long. He's been fighting us. He's been fighting us. Hello, that's his job. He's, you're not special. He's the devil. And he's been hounding you and fighting you. So you get in the bed and you give up prayer time that night. For a few moments, I'm just going to sleep. Or everybody's going crazy in the house. Kids are yelling. I mean, not in my house, but kid, <laughs> kids. <laughs> Lord, forgive me. <laughs> kids are yelling. Everybody's frustrated. Forget it. We're going to bed. We're not doing family altar tonight. For a few moments of peace. What about the long-term damage of showing your kids how easy you give up when the devil comes in? What about the long-term damage of showing them when the enemy comes in like a flood, I go to sleep? What about the long-term damage? Listen, there is no negotiation with the enemy. The devil hates you. Okay, you do not gain peace. You do not gain his, his um, what's the word I'm looking for here, his approval when you negotiate with him. Nor do I want his approval. I don't want anything the devil has to offer. Right, he says, I want to offer you a ceasefire. I say launch another rocket at him. He says, I, I'm offering you this. I say I grab another promise of God, and I go right there, and I launch another hand grenade at him until he gets so angry. Look, I don't care if the devil's firing at me. I put on the whole armor of God. I'm protected from the fiery darts of the enemy. Just get in behind your armor and launch a few rockets at him and quit making ceasefires with him and quit giving up little bits of ground, little bits of ground. That's your ground. Those are your promises, and you have been tasked with fighting for them. But listen, you're not fighting alone. You are surrounded by the presence of Almighty God, and you can't lose. We can't make peace treaties with the enemy what price do you pay the devil to get off your back for just a moment if we can't surrender brother drove preached a masterful sermon on that right after the means we, we gained so much ground now it's not time to surrender we gained so much ground it's not time to get lax and lay down our weapons oh but he might shoot back well yeah that's what happens in war he's gonna shoot back but you are prepared you've been given the best armor that that that, that god could ever give you he, Brother Brown talks about how the American military don't send the boys out there with nothing to fight with. God didn't send you out there without protection. He didn't send you out there without weapons to fight and not just fight but overcome the enemy. Listen, I'm going to tell you, the only way you get peace over the enemy 
is complete and total victory and complete annihilation of his kingdom. And you don't get annihilation of his kingdom with a ceasefire. You know, sometimes I think we ought to be more like those fellows that fought in the Alamo. They didn't have help coming. They didn't have no help, but they had some courage. They were willing to stand up. They're surrounded by the Mexican army, and, and he tells them, he tells them, give up your cannon. And their response was, come and take it. Come and take it. And I'm telling you, that was with no help. That was with no reinforcements. That was knowing they were going to die. What about you tonight that know all the angels of heaven are behind you? All the angels of heaven are around you. You know you cannot die. You know you will live. How about the next time the devil offers you a ceasefire? You say, how about you try to come and take it? Because I'm going to stand right here on my God-given rights. And I'm going to fight for every single thing that I know belongs to me. You can't have it. And I'm telling you, you will find that the word of God will defeat the enemy any place anywhere anytime under any circumstances but you have to be willing to stand and fight but I'm surrounded tonight on all sides you're looking at the wrong thing Psalms 125 and 1 they that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion which cannot be removed but abideth forever as the mountains are round about, that would imply all the way around, round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about his people from henceforth even forever. We heard this morning forever, 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 forever. He is your protection today. He is your protection tomorrow. He will be your protection next week. He is your protection forever. Well, I thought it was the devil that had us surrounded. I thought it was him. That's what he wants you to see. That's what he's made it so easy for you to see. But the word says, I am around you forever. That's why we don't have to fear tonight. That's why we don't have to give up an inch. That's why we can claim our promises in the face of the enemy. Because you are not alone. He has never left you fighting alone. Tonight, you, you feel all alone, but you're hearing that voice saying, pick up your sword. I haven't left you alone. I'm here to be with you. I'm here to swing the sword for you. When you can't swing it anymore, just hold on to the word and I'll swing it with you. Hallelujah. That's why I want you to look away tonight. Or look away from the symptoms. Look away from the circumstances. Brother Branham says, God is always present. If we could only remember that. The angels of the Lord are encamped about those who fear him. In this building tonight stands Jesus Christ. Think about that for a minute. In this building tonight stands Jesus Christ. In this building tonight is host of angels. Thousands of them gathered around. You don't see them, but you can feel the influence of them. Telling you that they are here. If that isn't so, then the scripture isn't so. And the scripture isn't right. Then God isn't right. The Bible said that the angels of God are encamped about them. They don't leave them. They stay near those that fear him. I love this part. Not just in the church. And remember, not only here, but when you're walking down the street, wherever you are, you that profess to be believers, remember to fear the Lord. Remember, the angels of God are moving with you wherever you are. Whether you're in school, whether you're at work, 
driving down the road in your car, the angels of the Lord are with you. So it's true. No. Well, it is true. It's a fact that we live in an evil age. But that's not our truth. That's not our focus. Everywhere you look, evil is everywhere. Everywhere you go, evil is everywhere. Everywhere you hear, evil is everywhere. So if I say we're surrounded, there is a truth to that. But there's another more important and full truth to our surrounding. We are the surrounded saints. But our surrounding is not of sin. Our surrounding is not of fear. Our surrounding is not of the Syrians. But our surrounding is by the pillar of fire. Our surrounding is by the presence of God. Our surrounding is by the great cloud of witnesses that surround us. Our surrounding is the standard that has been raised up to meet the challenge of the age. The standard is all around us and it's surround us. And that's what we must see is the fact that God didn't send us a message in this day that wouldn't work. God didn't send us a message in this day that wouldn't meet the stand, that wouldn't meet the flood and overthrow the flood. And just as he's done in every single age in times past, he's raised a standard that would not just be as high as the flood, but it would exceed the flood. It would keep you safe in the time of the flood. The message not only told us that we're surrounded by a supernatural God, it showed us that we're surrounded by a supernatural God. We saw this morning that we're surrounded by a supernatural God as he dropped handfuls of healing and deliverance and blessings for us all over this congregation. And I'm so thankful that the message of the hour, it meets the challenge of the hour. The revelation of who Jesus is today. Now, I know the scripture, Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and day forever. He's always been the same. But see, the bride tree had not reached full maturity, so the revelation of each age of who Jesus was wasn't a full revelation of the full power of who Jesus Christ was. But it was still enough in each age that they could look around and say there's more with us than there are against us. In each and every age, the message was enough, and it gave them power to meet the challenge of the age. But in today's time, like we said, the tree of knowledge of good and evil has come to full maturity. Okay, so the revelation that Luther had is not going to give you victory against the challenges that we face. The revelation that, that Wesley had alone is not going to give you victory over everything that we face. The, the revelation and the experience that Azusa Street had is not going to meet the challenge of what we face. But I'm so glad that we do have the full total revelation, the word completely revealed, the revelation of who Jesus is today. And if you have that, I can ask the same re- I can tell you the same thing that Jesus said. Flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but our Father who's in heaven and the gates of hell cannot prevail against you because you have the revelation you have the standard raised to meet the challenge of the day what a weapon we have what an anointing we have what a surrounding 
we have in this day when you recognize that the surroundings around that everyone else see is nothing more than distractions. They're nothing to fear. They're nothing to get worked up about. They're nothing to let anxiety and depression get you down about. We are surrounded by the very presence of the almighty God. The pillar of fire is in this building tonight. This message, this power, this anointing is more than enough to meet and defeat and conquer every last one of the 200 million million however many number of demons that the devil wants to release. And I'm telling you, every last one of them will be conquered before this bride leaves the earth. Every last one of them will be underneath our feet. There's been others before us that have been surrounded. We're not the first ones surrounded And what they did is they shown that they could take what God had given them and with faith they could defeat the enemy. They had to rely on the anointing that they had. They had to rely on whatever was available to them. Could you imagine a man standing surrounded by thousands of Philistines with armor and spears as Samson stood and picked up the jawbone of a mule and slayed a thousand? Imagine the mocking as the enemy approached. What are you doing? Is he got? A, is that a bone? He don't even have all his teeth. But what, what, what are you gonna do with that? Can you hear him coming around you? But that's that's no bigger than a grain of mustard seed. What? What? Boys, come here. That's no bigger than a grain of mustard seed. What are you gonna do with that? Maybe you don't have very much. Maybe, maybe you don't got all the mysteries figured out and all the deepest revelation. Maybe you can only pick up, what can I grab? What, what can I find? I'm the Lord thy God that heals all that diseases. What, what is that? that? That's only a mushroom. That's more than enough for you, boy. That's more than enough for you. And you go to whipping a thousand on this side and a thousand on that side. Let them laugh now. What, what is that? They shall be there and their offspring with you. You telling me my children ain't going to make it? Take some of that. And take some of that. Just pick up what's around you. There's promises everywhere. They're all, pick one up tonight. Pick one up and go to beating some devils with it. It'll defeat every enemy that comes against you. He says one thing he had to do was reach back and fill that covenant with God. That's it. And he looked for something and there was a jawbone of a mule laying. He was persevering while he knew that God had blessed him. He knew the spirit of God was upon him and what he had in his hand, he used it. Oh, if the seed of Abraham today, the children of God, to take what little faith you've got and be perseverant with it, God will use it. Judges 16, 2, and it was told, the Gazites saying, Samson has come hither, and they compassed him in, surrounded, and laid wait for him all night in the gate of the city. Look, every victory ain't on a Sunday morning. Sometimes you need victory in the middle of the night on Mondays, middle of the night on Thursdays. They can, that's when they like to come around when you're all alone. They can pass him about and were quiet all the night, saying, In the morning, when it is day, we shall kill him. You hear him whispering to you at night. You're no good. You're worthless. You're not going to make it. This depression is going to stay on you your whole life. Why don't you just take your life? You're no good. You're not going to overcome. You're going to live with the sickness your whole life. 
And they begin to whisper, and we're going to take your life. And they begin to close in. Walls all around you. Sometimes you, you mothers, he likes to beat you down. Well, you're no good. You're just stuck here at home all day. Kids are fighting. Tear your home up, and tomorrow we're just going to do the same thing over again. You're a failure. Your kid, and it's just constant, constant. You made another wrong decision. Constant, constant. Walls everywhere, and it becomes big gates. It becomes these big gates that keep you from your joy. You can reach through it, but you can't quite reach your joy. And it gets further and further away, and you can't quite reach your peace. You can't quite reach the joy of the salvation you once had. And you're walled in. I, I, I just can't get the overcoming power that I need. Why don't you stop for a moment and reach back? Why don't you stop for a moment and reach back like Samson? He'd reach back there and feel, feel around. Oh, there it is. There it is. I'll, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Thank you, Jesus. Reach back. The Lord encamps about those who fear him and deliver. Reach back tonight. Reach down deep on the inside and begin to look for that promise. Reach back in the name. In my name shall they cast out devils. There it is. You begin to feel stronger. Reach back one more time. The word of God will defeat Satan any place, anywhere, anytime. And it says in verse 3, and Samson laid till midnight. He had all he wanted. He done reached back there. It says he lay, rose at midnight and he took the doors of the gate of the city and the two posts and he went away with them, bar and all, and put them upon his shoulders and carried them to the top of a hill that was before Hebron. I'm telling you tonight, when you reach back there and you begin to go, I am the Lord thy God that healeth thee. I am the Lord thy God that, that delivers thee. I encamp about you. The word of God, you begin to feel and at about midnight you say, I've had enough of this. You raise up and those gates aren't going to keep me from my joy anymore. Those gates aren't going to keep me from my peace anymore. I'm going to grab a hold. I want you to grab a hold on tonight. Throw them up upon those big shoulders of faith that you have and march them up to the hill called Calvary and lay them down under the feet of the blood of Jesus Christ and say, I'm through with them. I'm tired of it. I won't be gated in anymore from my promises. My children are coming home. My joy is coming back. Everything I have a right to, I'm not going to be gated away from it anymore. Reach back tonight and realize that you've been anointed of God to tear down Satan's kingdom. Those gates trying to surround you and they're trying to steal your promises, trying to fence you in. Brother Branham would say, they tried to fence in the power of God. They found out they couldn't do it. I'm telling you, I hope there's some demons tonight finding out they can't fence in the power of God in your life. He says, Samson picked up those great big iron gates. They would have weighed tons. Walked up the hill with them, laid them down. Nobody was going to take after him. They knew better. <laughs> Nobody was going to take after him. They knew better. He says, and when a man comes under the anointing of the Holy Ghost with the word of the Lord, and thus saith the Lord, you had better have better sense than try to attack it, because you'll find there's a hand of the living God, and it's heavy. Oh, I like that tonight. Somebody comes against me or a spirit comes against me, they're going to find out that there's a hand of the living God resting upon me. And I'm telling you tonight, it's heavy. It'll knock out every demon, every enemy, everything that comes against you. Our Lord's hand is heavy tonight. He says, and each one of you, oh, this is good. It blessed my heart. He said, each one of you through confession and faith is a subject to all the powers there is, both in heaven and earth, to come upon you. Oh, help us tonight. Open our eyes tonight to realize we're not surrounded by some earthbound circumstances. 
but we're surrounded by all the power in heaven and it's subject to come upon you and your situation and your time of need. Help us to look beyond our earthly surroundings tonight, beyond our circumstances. Realize we're surrounded by his power. We're surrounded by angels. We're surrounded by his word. Brother Brown says, believe it. No matter what takes place, believe it anyhow. You see, Christians don't look at what they see. Christians look at things they don't see. And the things you don't see are more real than the things you see. If we could only open our eyes to see this afternoon, setting around, standing around, moving up and down these aisles, angels of God, the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, moving around through the audience. You'd see there's more with us than there is with them. God, open our eyes, open our heart, open every door in our heart. Just like Elijah's presence, Elijah's faith declared that they were there. Let me skip some of this real quick. You see, there's no danger in being surrounded by the enemy. You see, there's no danger, let me say it again, on being surrounded by the enemy. Because you are fortified by the word of God. The only danger comes when you step out from behind the word. Right? When you step out from behind your fortification, Eve was not in danger until she stopped for a minute and stepped out from behind the word of God. Always take him first. Keep fortified for he is our fortress. But do you know you have to ignore, in order to believe the devil's lie, you have to ignore and deny God's truth. You have to ignore and deny God's truth. But as long as you stay behind the word, stay surrounded, you're safe. Because we're surrounded by the word of God. The danger comes when you get off the word or when you question or when you think or you step out. Here's one that we're all guilty of sometimes, maybe with good intentions, but you step out to fight a battle on your own. You get in the flesh and you step out to fight a spiritual battle in the flesh. Right? Why do I want to fight a battle when the battle is the Lord's? Why would I want to fight a battle when I can give it to somebody who's never lost a battle? Why do I want to fight a battle and carry that burden when I can lay it at the feet of Jesus? It says, why in the world do I want to fight a battle on my own when I've got the Lord on my side? He knows about every situation you're in. He knows about every single thing you're facing. And I'm not afraid of any evil that can come about me due to this surrounding as long as I stay there and I say, Lord Jesus, you've got this. Lord Jesus, you're in control of this. Psalms 34, 7, you see it here on the board. It says, the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. And you say, but what about me? What about my situation? See, that's the thing the devil does. He makes every one of us think of our situation as the worst one ever. And nobody else has ever been through this. And my circumstances are the worst. And my situation is the worst. And nobody else has ever quite gone through exactly what I'm going through. Psalms 139, I'm going to read a good bit of this. Oh, Lord Thou hast searched me and known me. He knows your situation. Thou knowest my down sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. He knows when you sit down. He knows when you get up. He knows what you're thinking about. Thou compassest, surroundeth my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me. 
surrounded me behind and before and laid thy hand upon me. He's where I've been. He's where I'm going. And the heavy hand of the Lord is there to watch over me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. I think he knows enough about you to take care of your situation and your circumstances tonight. But is he going to be there in the middle of my problem? If you ascend into heaven, he's there. But is he going to be there if you go into the depths of hell? He's there. You cannot get away from him. He's all around you all the time. And Satan wants to tell you, I've got you surrounded. Begin to look to your true surroundings tonight. Every time it seems like Satan has a victory, every time he's got people surrounded and he thinks, oh, I've got them, our God shows up right on time. Every single time you find, and they were surrounded, and this many people hosted, camped about them, and this, our God shows up right on time. Maybe not when we thought he should have. Maybe not how we thought he should have. I guarantee you the three Hebrew children would have loved to have not had to go into the fiery furnace. But he showed up. He showed up for the three Hebrew children right on time. He showed up for Daniel in the lion's den right on time. Look, the Hebrew children may have felt the heat from the flames, but they were safe. Daniel had to feel the breath of the lions, but he was safe. He had to see them circling and walking in saying, don't you know this is Laodicea? Don't you know this is the most evil age? Don't you know you can't be free from anxiety? Don't you know you can't be free from rebellion? And the lions circled. And the lions circled. And they begin to close in. But all of a sudden, I love it when he does things like that. All of a sudden, he was surrounded by the pillar of fire. And Brother Branham said those lions were afraid of fire. He talks about how you can shine the light in the eyes of a wild animal and it'll scatter them. I'm telling you, the same thing applies tonight. And when that enemy begins to close in about you and tell you you're going down, you're not going to make it. And all of a sudden, that pillar of fire begins to swirl about and it surrounds all about you. You think those lines scatter because they're scared of a little bit. Of, uh, they were scared of fire. What about those demons when that pillar of fire drops down all around you? Shine the light of the word in their eyes one time when they get too close to you. And watch the enemy scatter. Watch the enemy scatter when you're sitting there and they're closing in telling you they're going to take your life. Telling you you're not going to make it. And suddenly here comes the pillar of fire. They'll run just like the lions did. You'll be safe just like the lions did. Listen, he made a way of escape for the three Hebrew children. He made a way of escape for Daniel. He's going to make a way of escape for you in this day. He's going to take you home. It may not be when you think. It may not be how you think. But you will be set free and victorious because our God is right on time. Those same angels surround you tonight. 2 Samuel 22 and 2. I'm going to bring this down to a close. I'm going to read a portion of this. And he said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. The God of my rock, in him will I trust. Can we trust in him tonight? He is my shield and the horn of my salvation. 
my high tower and my refuge, my savior, thou savest me from violence. I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. When the waves of death come past me, me surrounded, come past me, the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell come past me. Sounds like he's surrounded. The snares of death prevented me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried to my God. And he did hear my voice out of his temple. And my cry did enter into his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. And the foundations of heaven moved and shook because he was wroth. There went up a smoke out of his nostrils and fire out of his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down, and darkness was under his feet. And he rode upon a cherub and did fly, and he was seen upon the wings of the wind. And he made darkness pavilions round about him, dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. Through the brightness before him were coals of fire kindled. The Lord thundered from heaven, and the Most High uttered his voice, and sent out arrows, and scattered them, and lightning discomfited them. This is what happens when the enemy surrounds. He says, the waves of death come past about me. Hell come past about me. And I called unto the Lord. And the heavens roared. And the earth shook. The very foundations of the earth were exposed. And he sent lightning down. And he discomfited the enemy. That's what you have in store for you tonight. When you look around, you say, my Lord, it's the Syrians. It's the Syrians. There's more with us than against us. Call out unto the Lord and say, Lord God, I need you. And he will hear your cry. He will come and he will discomfit your enemies. Hey, man, you can have peace in this age. Because the prophet of God would say, come and see the Lord in battle. You know he's wonderful in healing. See him in battle one time. See how great he is there. Oh, he's marvelous in battle. I've never seen him come in the battle yet. But what? He come out packing the victory. Even when they put him in hell, he put his, oh, his foot on the neck of the devil, took the keys of death away from him, arose on the third day. Even in death, he come out in triumph. Satan ain't got nothing on him. I want to say that one more time. You're a child of the living God, and he's breathing all his bluffs at you and tell you, Satan ain't got nothing on him. Satan ain't got nothing on him. And I'm telling you, Satan don't have nothing on the bride of Jesus Christ because all the power he has, you have. Everything that he has under heaven and earth has been given to you, and you can overcome. Satan's got nothing on you. Surrounded by evil, surrounded by symptoms, but don't let that become your reality tonight. That's not what the believer's looking to. Think about this as we bring this down. What should you be looking to tonight? You say, I see sickness everywhere. I see healing everywhere. There's so many lost loved ones. I see salvation everywhere. There's so many bound people. I'm looking. I see freedom everywhere. You say, I see death all around. I see life everywhere. You say, I see evil all around. I see the pillar of fire everywhere working in his people, overcoming Satan's Eden. Began to change your perspective. We are surrounded by the very God of heaven, almighty God in the pillar of fire. The angels of God are in this place even right now surrounding you, trying to get your faith to raise up to the next level, letting you know there's more of us. We've got this. Satan says, I've got you right where I want you. 
You got nowhere to go. You're surrounded. That dumb devil. How many times has he said that? Isn't that exactly what Pharaoh said of Israel in our opening scripture? Let's go to our last scripture, Exodus 14 and 3. And then we're going to skip down to 19. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land. I've got them right here in Laodicea. There's nowhere for them to go. I've got them. The wilderness has shut them in. Where are you going to go? You're surrounded. But there was a pillar of fire that came and stood between the children of Israel and Pharaoh and his armies. That same pillar of fire is around you tonight. It's milling about you tonight right now. Trying to get you to believe. Trying to lift your faith up to another level for your deliverance, for your healing, for your lost loved one. And the enemy is scattering. They can't stand in the presence of that pillar of fire. They can't stand. Verse 19 says, And the angel of God went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. It was a cloud of darkness to them, but it gave light by night to these, so that no one could come near, not near the other all the night. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind. Verse 22, and the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground. And the waters were a wall unto them on their right and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them. The enemy's coming after you hot. He's coming in hard. They don't fear. Don't fear. The pillar of fire didn't leave just because it let them come in after them. The pillar of fire hasn't left us just because we're in the middle of Satan's Eden. He's invited the devil. Come on. Come on. Bring all your forces. Come on. Come on. Come on in. Water's good. Come on in. Come on in. 23. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them to the midst of the sea. Even all Pharaoh's horses. Every devil that Satan's got has come into this age after us. His chariots, his horsemen. And it came to pass that in the morning, watch. The Lord looked unto the host... Of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud. I'm telling you tonight, that enemy, he's looking at him through the pillar of fire. And he's a God of vengeance. He is not happy about what he's done to you. He's not happy about what he's done to your family. He's not happy what he's done to your children. What he's done with your health. What he's done with your faith and tried to hold you. He's not happy about it. And he's looking at the enemy tonight through that pillar of fire in the cloud. And he troubled the host of the Egyptians. And took off the chariot wheels that they drave them heavily. So that the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel. For the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. I'm telling you tonight, in the realms of hell, there's some demons saying, let us flee from the face of the saints at Evening Light Tabernacle. For their God fighteth for them. I saw him looking at me through the pillar of fire. I saw him looking at me out of the eyes of the saints. And the pillar of fire is in there. Let us flee from them. Verse 30, thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. Open your eyes tonight to the reality of our surroundings. That we are surrounded by the power and presence of God. Let me ask you a question. Who's really in trouble here? Who was really in trouble when Samson was surrounded? Who was really in trouble when Daniel was thrown into the lion's den? Who 
was really in trouble when Pharaoh pursued them into the Red Sea? Who was really in trouble that day on Calvary? Who was really in trouble? Who was really in trouble here in Laodicea when the church of the living God is rising to their feet and there's a word of prophecy that says she will not be defeated? Who's really in trouble tonight? It's not me. It's not you. Our enemy's in trouble tonight because we are surrounded about. He encampeth around those who fear him and he delivers them hallelujah he delivers us tonight church you will be delivered hallelujah hallelujah brother brown musicians can come brother Branham said daniel looked to the unseen said the three hebrew children looked to the unseen said, Joshua looked to the unseen. said, that's how he was able to walk around those walls in faith. He already knew they were going to come down. What about the walls around you tonight? Look to the unseen. Begin to walk around the walls of depression. Begin to walk around those walls of fear. Begin to walk around those walls that say you can't have your joy and your healing. Walk around them in faith and watch them begin to crumble. Watch them begin to fall. Watch them begin to come down. Because you are the surrounded saints. You are the surrounded saints in this last day. He said, I will have a bride. And he's surrounded that word to protect it, to make sure that it's going to come to pass. You are a part of the fulfillment of that word. Hallelujah. You believe that tonight? I believe that this very moment there's angels of God surrounding us. I believe Jesus Christ is in this room right now. I believe the pillar of fire is in this room right now. And if you can believe it, you've got a need on your heart right now. Just reach out and claim it. Reach out and grab a hold of that lost loved one in your heart. Reach out and grab, grab a hold of that peace and grab a hold of that joy. Grab a hold of the thing that the enemy says you can't have. Those bars are all around you. Begin to reach out. Grab a hold of those bars. Reach back tonight and feel, feel those promises. Reach back tonight and just begin to feel. Oh, yes, Lord, there you are. You said you'd never leave me. You said you'd never forsake me. You said you'd be with me even until the end. Well, here we are, Lord, and Satan's eating, but I'm not looking to that. I'm looking to your promise tonight. Amen. In a presence like this, in an atmosphere like this, this is the time to grab a hold. Right before we take this communion right now, just grab a hold of the promise. Whatever it is that's just sitting in your heart, sitting there heavy, that you've been wanting so bad to see come to pass. Realize tonight that that enemy has fooled you into thinking that he's got your promise surrounded. But in reality, that promise is being surrounded by the presence of Almighty God. That presence is being cultivated. That soul is being cultivated as the pillar of fire just toils right there over it. And begin to call out to God and thank God for it and remember that every time the enemy would seem to have somebody surrounded in the Bible and he would think he's going to have a victory our God would show up but Satan never learns he continues to try to tell you you can't have it I've got it surrounded and we go all the way to the end of the Bible in Revelations 20 in chapter 9 and once again it seems like Satan's got it surrounded it says and they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about And the beloved city, they surrounded the saints. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Tonight, may the fire of God 
come down and devour any enemy that has surrounded you, any enemy that's made you doubt, fear, unbelief, robbed your promises from you. They can't keep you from what is rightfully yours. Look past the Syrians tonight. Look past the waves tonight and realize we are the surrounded saints, surrounded by the presence of a real, true, living God. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we love you. Lord, forgive us, Lord God, of any doubt. Forgive us of any unbelief, Lord, when you've done so much. Lord God, even in this church, it's even become more than unseen, Lord. We've seen it manifested so many times, Lord, in healings and deliverance and salvation. We've seen miracle after miracle, Lord God. We're without excuse, Father. Forgive us, Lord God, if there's any doubt. Oh, but Lord God, the reality of your word declares, Lord, that even now we are surrounded by legions of saints. We're surrounded by the almighty God. Jesus Christ is in this building, the pillar of fire hovering amongst these people. Lord God, we believe that with all our heart. And we believe, Lord God, that in that presence, all things are possible. Lord God, and so we just surrender our hearts. And we lay down in front of you, Lord God, and we worship you. And we say, Lord God, have your way. Lord God, I give you the battle that I'm not able to win. Lord, I lay it at your feet. Lord, you've never once lost a battle. And I know tonight you will be victorious in the lives of men and women all over this congregation. Lord God, we trust you and we thank you, Lord, that we can clearly see in the word. Lord God, that you have surrounded us by your presence. Lord God, and you're not going to lose one that's been placed in the palm of your hand. We thank you for that, Lord Jesus. We love you. Lord God, we give you this service, Lord God. May it become a reality to us, Father. There's more with us than there are against us. In Jesus' name, amen.